Hello and welcome to another episode of the Focus Seacast. I'm your host, Focus, and today I'm talking with Terp Trapper, aka TOB Media, aka Terps of the Beast Coast. In this episode, we'll be talking about hash, talk a little bit about the resin cup, bird photography, NFTs, crypto, a bunch of stuff. So without any further delay, let's get into this episode. So what's up, Terps, aka Trevor, aka Terps of the Beast Coast? <laughs> Thank you for that, man. Um, yeah, so um, how are you, Focus? Um, I am um, Terp Trapper, aka Terps of the Beast Coast, aka POB Media. Um, yeah. So um, I thought you'd kind of introduce yourself and talk about how you got into growing and how you got into the industry. Um, so, hmm, as far as growing, um, the first plant that I ever saw was when I was seven years old. Um, what had happened was uh, it was in the backyard. Um, I'm originally from Jamaica, so... There was this little thing growing in the backyard, showed it to my mother. And I remember my mom saying, leave that plant alone. Don't you dare touch it, just leave it alone. And that sparked the interest um, since I was seven. Um, as far as when I started growing it, um, just like every teenager, right? You're reading up High Times articles and you're like, well, shit. If they're doing it in these articles, I might as well can do it in the articles. So, uh, you know, it's been quite a bit. Um, I think I think I started growing when I was like 16, 17. Um, it was just, you know, for fun. I wasn't trying to do anything at a large scale, just like one little plant, two little plant, you know, see what we can do. Um, as far as when I got into the industry, um, as far as AKA working um, in the industry was, uh, I guess, uh, a couple years back, um, I got into the um, cannabis recommendation. Um, so I'm still doing that in Massachusetts where we do cannabis recommendation for medicinal use, um, even though you know, medicinal, recreational, it's all the same thing. But um, we educate the patients how to use cannabinoid medicine. And, you know, we go over a lot of um, information so they can understand how to, the benefits of cannabis can help them. Um, our age group, uh, youngest is two years old, and our oldest is 98. Um, the doctor I've been working with, um, she has been in the industry for over, uh, uh, she's been doing recommendation for over 10 years. Uh, she started out in Washington and then um, she uh, came back here a couple years back. And um, I connected with her when I was doing um, uh, trade shows. Um, I used to do trade shows. So I think before connecting with her, I used to sell organic compost teas. And um, um, I was working with a guy um, where I came on board with him. And when I came on board with him, we created a couple more products, which was uh, 
organic biochar, and we also did a uh, cocoa char starter line. Um, pretty much formulated those things. And um, so I used to do, go around in the trade show and uh, try to promote, uh, you know, biochar and my cocoa start plant and organic compost tea. So I don't know when I started in the cannabis industry. I've just been in it for a minute, but um, yeah, that's the best summary I can give you for now. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. So um, I know now you're doing a lot of uh, like events and stuff. I know you said you're still doing the recommendations, um, but I didn't know if you wanted to talk about kind of some of the stuff you had uh, come up pretty soon. I know there's, there's one event we were just talking about if you want to talk about that, but <laughs> Yeah, um, the Gene Traders and I um, have collabed together um, in an event called Resin Cup. So a Resin Cup is basically where um, it's dedicated to the hash maker. The hash maker itself would be judged by hash makers or people in the industry that are active. And, you know, I feel as though we'll have a palette to really judge and score what's going on. Um, the resin cup itself is a little bit unique. Um, I'm going to have, uh, one or two judges that are going to be live at the event, um, actually going through the entries and we're going to do a ceremony that day. Um, and pretty much the resin cup, um, there's only going to be one winner. So there, you know, normally most competitions, they're second and third, or, and there's, you know, how all this other no um basically there will be one winner and that would be the one winner for that region um so the first stop is is new york city and then the next stop we're heading to is maine and um there's going to be some other places such as michigan um we're going to be heading out as well and so <clears throat> with that said uh once the uh you know the regional uh Tournaments are completed. Uh, we're going to have the end of the year championship where pretty much all of the regional champs will go against each other. And um, anyone who wants to go against the champions, they can also enter. And uh, yeah, so that's what the Resin Cup entails. Cool. Yeah, so I'm curious about like how you guys are going to judge basically the different concentrates because like i mean we're talking about like basically different types of hash so that's a pretty wide wide array of possibilities anything from bubble hash to temple balls to you know to to flower rosin to hash rosin are you guys taking like distillate too and i mean like yeah yeah what's what's the entry uh How's that looking? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Um, so with what's going on there is basically it is bubble hash is the entry. Um, and then from bubble hash, you can do whatever you want with it in any kind of format. So um, we are not accepting any kind of solvent. So it can only be bubble hash. Now, if you decide that you want to press it out, or if you want to leave it as is, air dry, you want to put it in the machine, even if you want to do charts, if you want to, you know, rub off the resin and then put it into a ball, whatever you desire. Um, pretty much the judges are going to be using uh, a Frenchy Cannoli scorecard. 
And the scorecard pretty much is going to evaluate all the complexities when it comes to looking at hash um, versus just saying, wow, that looks good. And then you go, wow, that looks tasty. There's a little bit more to it. And I use people who are a little bit more seasoned and who understand the palate of hash. So at the end of the day, um, it's, it's not going to be a hard thing for them to judge because the resin doesn't lie. Yeah. So are you going to accept things like flour rosin then? That's like a pressed, just a pressed nope. flour and not? Oh, okay. Nope. So it's just. It has to be, it has to be made by either, uh, you know, as I said, uh, water extract, or you can do dry sift, or you can do chadas, you know, where you can, you know, grab the resin right off the plant and then rub it. Yeah, you can do that, but. No, um, not accepting anything just first from the flower. I want you to remove the glands, and then you can do whatever you want with the glands. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, that's pretty specific. All right, that's good to know. So what do you, what is, <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's interesting, because I a, a lot of these cups right now, you know, like you were saying, they have, like, different, you know, kind of yep. different tiers of entries, different yep. varieties, different kinds of extracts different kinds of edibles or whatever so yeah that's that's actually pretty cool that you guys are doing just basically it's got to be some type of solventless and then you know excluding um flower rosin and then you know after that you can do whatever but it's still got to kind of be within that that framework so yeah that's real interesting yeah it's 100 percent because it's about preservation of the terpenes and the resin gland it's it's a it's a different kind of thing um, you know, because what we're looking for is the maturity of how you store your resin, um, not how you can just make something out of it quickly. Anybody can do that, but to capture the resin and to leave it in a, in a, in a whole different kind of environment where when you open up this thing in maybe five years, the complexity of those terpenes, when they start to off-gas and they start to develop into something different, a whole different kind of turkey and you're like whoa what is this so yeah we're looking for that <laughs> nice um we're yeah and i think i think doing it by region too is pretty interesting um also because you know home grow is or well let's just say home but indoor growing especially within um home growers and what we consider like the more mainstream recreational and medicinal market is such a big thing i think that excludes the complexities of outdoor and grown and and how that kind of factors in especially when you're making something like uh like specifically bubble hash or you know these these kind of or charis or something like that where we're having it being grown outdoors gives it a whole different element because not only do you have to um you know, select at the right time and stuff, but you also have the have to have a variety that does well outdoors, and that'll actually play play well to hash instead of what we see now, where people like you're kind of saying they'll take something indoors or or whatever and just make it into hash as a way to kind of just get rid of it or do something with it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're what we're looking for is what I call the resin ranch, right? I'm looking for the person who caters to the resin caters to, to how it's produced because, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to making hash, man, people think anybody can just throw anything in there. And, I and you know, I've been r and for quite a bit where I've tried to take any different stage of any kind of trim and try to 
make it for people just to see what's going to happen. And time and time again, if this person who doesn't take care of it from once it's down, then there's a loss. So this is something where you really have to, you know, take care of the, 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 the beginning product because your beginning product gives you your end product. Uh, most people don't understand it. They just think, hey, if I grow it, I'll just throw it in here and I can get something. No, um, you, you really have to, you know, have some love and some care. And um, you have to have the right genetics that's going to produce those resin heads that, you know, when you wash them, they'll fall off. We, we want the heads less stock. We want less material. We just want those heads. And when you can find the right strain and you grow the plant in the right environment where it can produce the heads correctly and harvesting the heads is another thing that we have to focus on where you know there's different you know and you're bringing up the complexity of where you have indoor and outdoor so you know outdoor resin versus indoor resin is always going to be different because it's more artificial when it's indoor right when it's outdoor it's no longer artificial it's pretty much you know as real as it can get with the resin because you're going to get the full the full spectrum of what that plant is capable of as long as the genetic is capable of running within that season, right? That's going to be the vital part of it. Um, but with that said, um, I think mature heads for outdoor is the way to go if you got the right strain. The complexity of the terpenes is just way different. Now, the reason people like the indoor version is that they can control the maturity and also the time because some people prefer uh i would say a cloudy um less amber because they want that more uh bright kind of looking hash but me personally it's like when you come to hash you want to think about uh grapes you know i always tell people you're thinking about grapes or you're thinking about cheese when it comes to this because you want that maturity of the resin so you can get those terpenes, right? Because at the end of the day, if the plant's not ripe and you're not going to truly get the full flavor of those terpenes, you're just going to get just a taste of it if you're taking it when it's clear, too clear and cloudy. It's going to be a whole different taste. It's going to be a whole different ballgame versus if you bring it too cloudy to amber, then you're going to get something just, just unique and once you, you know, harvest those resin, you ranch those resin, man, either indoor or outdoor, you, you get something unique no matter what when you start getting those right mature heads. Um, but that takes learning the genetics, like I said, you know. I'm rambling. No, no, that's good. That's good. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good uh, description of what, what you guys are looking for and kind of what you're trying to do. But, yeah, so um, how many entries do you have? for for the uh yeah, one so that's for our, coming up for our first one we have a total of for 12 entries um i pretty much on that we opened it up i believe in january in regards to receiving entries so we didn't even give too much of a window um and that's kind of done intentionally um i I'm, I'm looking for the for the real resin rancher the real hash maker who you know who who makes it not you know, not somebody who's like profiting off of it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want somebody who's kind of established, who's got, who's got some stuff ready to go, instead of somebody who's trying to 
you know, oh, well, there's a cup coming up and I can do this or that. So, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I want to <laughs> enter. You know, I, there's other places you can go enter. This is more, um, this is more for the culture of, um, for the hash nation, you know, it's all about the hash. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, interested in checking that out. I know it's kind of a little short notice, but um, I know you mentioned you're going to do a few others, especially uh, you said there was like one in Maine or something like that. So that's not too far yeah. from me. So um, yeah, I definitely want to check that out. And I also have a, a buddy of mine. I'm going to shout out uh, Marilyn Masher of uh, Manifest Destiny Seco, who is who is a huge hash head. He, he's down, down south. So if you guys go down south, um, I'm definitely going to tell him to enter because I know he's got something fire that's just sitting there waiting to blow everyone's <laughs> mind. So <laughs> we there is a there is a possibility, but it's been um, it's just a matter of the entry, right? And then the timing. So um, you know, I had thought about Virginia for a little bit, but I'm not sure yet. That's probably as far as south I would go for now until things are a little bit more uh, more relaxed with the adult kind of law. You know, I try to keep it within that um, spectrum for, um, you know, adult use. That yeah. way, everything is still kosher. Um, but, yeah, it, it all depends. Um, still looking into other territories. I mean, I do have some places. I just don't want to announce it yet until everything is stuck up. But, yeah, um, I don't think we'll be going that far south yet this year. Next year, older than yeah, I would like to see Virginia because I know uh, I know Gene Traders has been down there. I've been down there myself um, at one of their events, and yeah, I like I like the Virginia scene. It's pretty it's pretty laid back. Um, it's, I like the East Coast scene in general. You know, it's it's pretty pretty chill scene in general. So yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I thought we'd move on from the from the resin talk. And one thing I I want to want to chat with you about is your bird pictures and your, uh, your bird videos, which are, <laughs> dude, I love those, man. <laughs> so, um, Thank you. so how'd you, how'd you get into that? And like, yeah, just, just talk a little bit about that. Uh, how did I, so it's like, um, I love, first of all, just taking pictures on the phone. That's where that started. So like, you know, being on the road, you know, I used to see a lot of unique things. So I used to just snap it on the phone. And um, I think, uh, you know, when uh, the, uh, the 2020 pandemic rolled around, I was like, shit, I really need to do things that I want to do. And um, I started, I got myself a camera, um, started TOB Media, that's where the photography end comes into. And I was like, I want to capture birds. And um, I did it for about a year and a half straight, um, going out to different locations and all over Massachusetts. Um, I even went to a couple places in Maine. Um, I even did some uh, birds hanging out in Michigan. So, you know, whenever I traveled, uh, you know, last year and the year before, I would locate these birds. So I put a collection together and, um, yeah, so it's uh, it's it's been interesting. I'm still doing the bird shots, but I don't post them because I'm I'm doing a collection thing with them right now. So um, I I post it once in a while when I'm like, ah, eh, let me let me see what's going on. But 
Yeah, the birds are still being snapped. And um, right now, the catalog is about, I've taken over 10,000 pictures of birds. Oh, wow. Yeah, I miss him, man. I, I always love that. Like, I'm, especially in the morning when I'm scrolling through, drinking my coffee, I'm like, oh, man, this is, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> this I, a- I'll I, I'm, I got some. I'll throw some back out there. The the coolest one that I like was when I was in um, I was out in uh, Las Vegas, University of Las Vegas. I was out there for a uh, uh, cannabis conference, and um, I caught a hummingbird um, on their campus. So I was able to catch a hummingbird that was just. I've never been able to capture them just chilling. And this one was just John Perch, and he stopped flying. And I caught him on a So, you know, I've caught some interesting things. The other thing that I'm getting into big now in photography is landscape pictures. And um, I'm also doing headshots now. So I'm working on other things um, with the photography just to get a more uh, rounded uh, feel of what I really want to stick with. And I, I think I, I do love the birds the most. Um, that is my favorite. Yeah, and that's like something I've been I've been trying to get better at myself is just being able to identify bird species in the area. You know, I got them all over my property, um, and but yeah. like when I when I look at these pictures online, it's like oh man, there's there's so much out there. And I and the, you know when I look at stuff, I'm like now I'm trying to figure out like what is that? You know, what are they doing? And I want to kind of you know observe them a little bit more. But um, but yeah, so I know you said what your favorite picture was, but What's your what's your favorite bird? Oh man, that is <laughs> hard for me to to say. So it depends. Like, wow, I, I love them all. Um, you know, the most elusive bird right now that I, I'm trying to capture, and I've captured it a couple times, is the kingfisher. I've got a couple kingfishers. You know, but I'm looking and, and, you know, that's it. Right now, I would say the kingfisher just because of that, that um, it's that time of the year per se. But, um, yeah, kingfisher or herons. I like the heron families too. So, you know, I had, um, I have a series of pictures that I haven't released yet of the green heron. Last year, I was able to capture um the green heron into their uh, they were it's an area where sometimes they congregate and they eat and mate so i was able to watch you know new herons come into life and watch the little ones hunt so it's uh you know they're a little bit smaller than the blue herons and um you know when i went to michigan i, I found a, a whole different species of heron um the black capped heron which is another unique looking heron so herons are are one of my favorites i guess and um you know if we want to go a little bit bigger it would be uh the red-tailed hawks um i'm a big fan of the red-tailed hawk um you know i'm still looking for i've got i've got some really good ones where i've captured them um you know eating having their meal tearing up the, the prey that they caught you know and um got some beautiful pictures but yeah i like the red tail hawk and um there's so much and you know uh, the american uh what was that one the american cardinal 
No, not the Berkeley Cardinal. I always do that one. I like the Cardinals too, but I prefer the female Cardinal versus the red Cardinal. Just because the female Cardinal, I think, is a little bit more elusive. Um, mostly when you're chasing down the Cardinals, the, they are more noisier than the female because the male is the one that kind of like pretty much keeps your keeps you distracted. And then the female is the one that goes down low and collects the beating. So you're like, you know, she's she's the one that I always chase versus the male. So if I see the male, I go after the, I'm looking around because they're always together. Um, but um, what is the other one that I like? The flicker, another flicker is another one that I love. Um, the Woody Woodpecker. Man, I, there's so many that I like. I can go on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's cool, man, and, and it's good to. I, I definitely suggest to everyone to check out your feed just to get an idea. You know, if, if you want to kind of get an idea of what these birds look like and act like and and all that, definitely check out your feed. So it's good, good for educational purposes as well. And I think you know, as a culture, we've kind of lost our our connection with all the plants and animals around us. So any, I always, I always, anytime I see somebody posting pictures of plants pictures of animals and they're really good and they kind of have a clear, you know, description or name of what's going on, you know, what's, you know, what the plant or animal is in the picture. I always, I always really enjoy that. So yeah, I just wanted to shout you out on that and tell people to take a look. Thanks man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, I was, I thought we could also, if you want talk about uh, NFTs and crypto, cause I know we chatted about that. Um, a little bit before I'm, I don't know anything about NFTs really. Um, but I don't know where you want to start with that. Cause that's, I mean, that's a whole rabbit hole too. I'm sure we, we both could go down. Uh, with job, but Man. So first thing is first, I am not a financial advisor. <laughs> <laughs> anything I say is of my own opinion. And there are other people I feel as though that are more, expert and very knowledgeable in, in 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 the crypto but i do have some information um that i would love to share with the audience if they decide to look into it there's avenues that i would suggest that you do the research yourself read some white papers so you can understand what crypto or bitcoin currency is is the first thing i always tell people understand bitcoin currency because bitcoin currency is king everything else is after Bitcoin and they're trying to mimic it. So we call those altcoins. They're not actually um, the currency. They, they're like a utility of the currency and they use the Bitcoin to back their altcoin. So first thing is first, I always tell people Bitcoin is king, okay? Now, with that said, um, if you're going to get into non-fungible tokens, which are NFTs, uh, learn the difference between soft wallet, um, hard wallet, and a cold wallet. Um, at the end of the day, uh, MetaMask um, is what you can use to kind of store your NFT, excuse me, your NFTs and your um, altcoin or any kind of Bitcoin currency, um, basically right in your browser, right? But a cold storage wallet is something where you can store 
your altcoins and your bitcoins offline so essentially you're like the bank of your uh, electronic currency when you're doing that so back to nfts nfts non-fungible tokens is basically where you can present uh you know a art piece as a collection or as a token um, so people who are hearing about board apes, the yacht club, da, 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 those are collections. Um, if you look at Gary V, um, V friends, those are more, um, tokens. So he has access behind his NFTs, which allows you to do, um, VCon. You have some of his tokens. You can go to hit this, um, VCon. It's this thing where he's having a, a speak speakers come out, right? Fucking, I don't know, man, like a hundred fucking speakers. But the only way you can gain access is by having the NFT that he created. So, you know, when you think it up NFT, it's a way of collecting, um, of doing collection. I guess that's the best way to summarize it. If you, as a child, used to collect comic books or if you did action figure, that's the best way to think of NFT. It's a digital collection that you're, you're doing and you can create one yourself. Um, and you can collab with people to create these projects. Um, and that's what most people are doing because, you know, when you jump into these projects, you need a team, um, to think about, you know, what, what's going to be the value of this collection? Why is it going to be worth something for somebody to hold on to? Because anybody such as myself, can create nft and it may not go anywhere but you know if you're collaborating with you know most people are doing it with celebrities and you know uh, i would say influencers um they're using those uh, musicians they're using their kind of influence um to create these kind of um, nfts where people are attracted to them so now it creates that kind of collection or that that want or the necessary that you want to have it, right? Um, and then on top of that, um, the metaverse is where you can now uh, use your NFTs within that space. So um, that's a different topic. We'll stick to NFTs. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's the best <laughs> way I can summarize that without going too crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a, a Bitcoin um, person, so that's that's more kind of what I'm into. Um, yeah, I was I recently was able to um, set up a cannabis seed uh, store using Bitcoin as the payment processing. So I think that's that's really to me that's key because now, like you were saying, you could become your own bank, and especially in the cannabis industry, we don't have to rely on the federal banking industry or the federal reserve to be able to accept or send payments for things, which, um, has been a huge problem, especially for somebody like me, who's a seed grower. Um, actually right now it's pretty easy for you to get payment processing for CBD products, whether they're ingestible or they're topical. But if you want to get payment processing for seeds, that is still extremely difficult. Um, believe it or not, even though you already have the, the 2018 hemp bill that passed saying, you know, seeds, all cannabis seeds are now considered hemp. 
you know, because right. all of them have less than 0.3% THC, but for whatever reason, nobody wants to touch the cannabis seed industry still. So, um, yeah, I think Bitcoin and especially is a solution to, to some of those problems, but gotcha. yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten too much into the NFTs. I don't know how, I don't, I don't, uh, we, I don't know. We could talk about the metaverse off air, but, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of that whole <laughs> that whole deal. So, um, I I have a, I have a metaverse studio where I have all my NFTs. You can like walk into this metaverse and you can look at all my art pieces that I've created, and you can purchase it if you want, or just look at it, just like you walk into a gallery. That's what the metaverse is to create this art world where you can walk in and take a look at things, or be part of a, a conference or whatever. But um yeah metaverse that's a whole different thing yeah sure. yeah i think crypto is interesting i think it's very really useful but yeah to, i so i have i have a, a kind of a line where i go with technology i guess um there's a little bit of amish in me somewhere so <laughs> hey nothing wrong with that you know i i i i stayed away from the metaverse you know intentionally but then you know with the nft and it's like now merging, you know, I really feel as though that the out, this art world where people are going to, it, it's not really um, the best thing for society, um, but it has a purpose for certain people. Um, so when I think of it, I think of it more of like an individual who may not be able to be as physical in this real world but yet for them to go into this metaverse world to give them the capability to be as free as you as I. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I also see the NFT thing useful um, in a sense that like it is on a blockchain. So I feel like it's good or at least it's useful, especially for something like art or music. Now you can, I mean, I'm not a huge, I'm not a fan of intellectual property, but now you could actually kind of trace where the things came from and who's, who's had it and where it's going to, which, you know, for, for some specific things, you know, especially people who are trading can, can kind of authenticate that. Yeah, this is the, you know, this is legitimate and, and all that. So I think that's useful. So I'm not gonna, you know, just be down on it. So I think it does have a, it does have a purpose with that. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about that is it, it, it you're a hundred percent right. Um, what happens on the back end is you can uh, say, hey, every time this piece is resold, um, you get 10% of whatever it's sold for. Yeah. So you you you, you always are just going to get, you know, a piece of it. So, you know, let's say if you bought an NFT for me and then somebody said, hey, man, I really like that piece. And you're like, ah, I'll let it go for such and such. When you let it go, you get what you get, but then I get 10% of what you get. And then that said person, if they decide to sell it again, I get another 10% of that, whatever they sell it for. Yeah. So the artist is always going to get paid for his work being moved from one person to the next person. And it's always going to be tracked on the blockchain so you know who's doing what. And yeah, exactly. Who's the actual owner. Yep. And you don't have to like go back and do this payment and make sure, you know, it's already on the blockchain. So when they sell it, that transaction is already going to happen. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think that's pretty cool, honestly, that that makes things way more, way more trust within um, business deals, which, which, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. It works good. for you too as a breeder because you can then put a set amount of fee on, you know, on certain things too. So let's say somebody buys your seed and then somebody says, hey, da da da, I want to buy the seed back. They can sell the seed back to them on the blockchain and then you can get a percentage back on the back end. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, how the NFT would work. They would have to purchase the NFT and then you'd have to make it a token where, you know, if they purchase this. We could talk about that awful. Yeah, <laughs> I know you can you can talk about this stuff for for hours. A lot of it still goes over my head, but um, but yeah, like I said, I've, I've been into it for a little while, so I have I have a basic understanding. So and I and I uh, I suggest that everyone out there too, if you're not familiar with uh, especially Bitcoin, definitely take the time and do some research. You know, watch watch some videos on yeah, read the white paper, watch some videos on YouTube from from trusted sources and. And just kind of get a rudimentary understanding of it. So I, forget the video. Just read the white paper and <laughs> understand the white paper because you know there's a lot of people out there with information that might not be right. And you know if you can under if you can read the, the from um, what's his name uh, or See, this is where I'm wrong. Satoshi Nakamoto. Just, yeah, you go. Thank you, man. Satoshi Nakamoto, right? That is the man. Make sure that is the white paper you read based on that translation because there's a lot of people altered it to their to their needs. You need to read the original white paper to understand that once Bitcoin is no longer producible, that's when the value is going to actually like triple down. There's an influx now because they're still being produced and they're still being halved every four years or so. So um anyhow that's i'm going on a tantrum no but you, yeah you're right if if you know and i that's why i suggested videos it's just because if somebody you know doesn't have the time or the white paper does get pretty dense um there are some people who do break it down but yes i definitely look to the white paper first and if you see a video and it doesn't line up with the white paper definitely do not take those people word for it because there you go there's forks there's forks in the in the program like bitcoin cash but i'm not not going to get on to that but um but yeah so but if it, but if it's legit and it's bitcoin then the thing is you can verify that yourself and you can read the white paper yourself and figure it out and it's it is not that difficult especially for it's, uh yeah for some and if you're going to get into it you, you 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 need to if you if if it's too much then Take it a small, take it in slow chunks until you get it because you you have to understand, you know, about stashinis. You have to understand, you know, how many stashinis equals one Bitcoin. You have to know that, you know, a fraction of a Bitcoin equals this amount because, you know, it's, it's going to be a new currency and it's just like anything else. So once you understand how that currency works, then you can move forward into Bitcoin. But again, um, you know, as I said, there's a lot of things out there. Just, you know, stick with Bitcoin. Stay away from the altcoins. The altcoins is just like your, I would call them your current Ponzi schemes. But if you're getting into NFTs, then you're going to have to use some of these altcoins to actually purchase. So Tezo is one. Dow is one. Um, e, you know, we now have uh, uh, ETH, which is Ethereum. Um, you'll also have Polygon, which is another one. Um, DCS is another one. So you have these altcoins that you have to utilize to purchase your NFT. So this is why you have to understand Bitcoin 
So when you get into these altcoins, you can understand what's going on there as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to get into Ethereum either because, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other thing. <laughs> I'm not going to make this a crypto podcast. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, so let, let me let me switch up then. Um, so what other what other projects do you have um, that you're working on? For the for the future, is there anything else uh, cannabis related that you got in the works? Uh, man, possibly, maybe some stuff. You never know. Um, I am a economic empowerment applicant and a social equity awarded recipient um, for the third cohort here in Massachusetts. So, um, pretty much on that, I am trying to get into the um, either delivery, manufacturing, or cultivation. So, you know, that could be the future. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about? And then I have a couple quick questions for you before we wrap it up. Oh, man. Um, What do I want to talk about? Oh, I'm getting ready to start, um, I guess, the resin cup gear. So there's going to be a couple of uh, resin cup gear that's going to be available. Um, that's about it. I don't really have much to say on that. Uh, All right. Well, before we, before we, uh, Leave it at that. I got two questions for you. So um, the first is, do you have a word of wisdom or advice for all the the growers, farmers, cultivators, people in the industry out there? Ah, word of wisdom. Man. Um, <laughs> the only thing I can say right now is, you know, if you're getting into cultivation or if you're getting into breeding, um, learn the genetics that you want to work with. Um, you know, that's the best thing I can say uh, for now. Um, learn the genetics that you want to work with. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that one. Like I said before, you got to grow it to know it. So you got to just get out there and understand what you're working with. And the last question is, what what's your favorite tool or piece of equipment? Oh, wow. Hmm. Favorite tool or piece of equipment? Yeah. Hmm. There's so many tools. I'm looking around trying to figure out which one I like. Um... I guess it's going to be my, um, my, my work bag. My favorite tool is my work bag. So when I say my work bag, um, I'm talking about my bubble bag. So that is my favorite tool. Um, it's like when you, when you're washing the resin, and then, you know, you stack these bags up and then you drain out the resin and you remove 
every as you're going through each of these lyrics, like what's gonna be underneath here? What you know, like what kind of resin am I gonna see, or what the smell am I gonna, you know, smell? What kind of terpenes am I gonna smell as I'm, you know, taking these resin or washing the resin or cleaning the resin in the back before taking it out? So, I guess that's that's my favorite tool: is the resin bags, the wash bags. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, need the bags to make that bubble, man. There's only there's only a couple ways to do it, and that's that's one of the only ones. So, <laughs> I mean, static dry sift is another way. Um, you know, that goes back to the traditional way of where pretty much there is no solvent it's just you putting it over a screen and then then it falls through the screen and then that's it i mean you just move the screens over and it's right there it doesn't get pure than that it's just it it, it you can never upscale that type of purity yeah <laughs> you can never you know it's just more like for a, a personal kind of thing so yeah, um, there's ways without putting it through my bags, but yeah, when it comes down to it, I would say my bags are my favorite tool for sure. Nice, it's a good one. Yeah. So, um, you want to drop your plugs and let everyone know where they can follow you and see what events are coming up? Yeah, and drop the links for the resin cup too. Yeah, so it's resin underscore cup on IG, or you can always go to tob.media on IG. Um, in regards to that, um, tobpodcast.com is my website where you can take a look at all that information. And um, if you're in Linktree, you can always look me up under Beast Coast. Um, a little different so it's beast coast with a you know beast coast so we have <laughs> you know beast coast and when you get to coast instead of sea it's a k so that's all all right well, it was good talking to you same here focus and i appreciate you having me on thank you so much well that's it for this episode i'd like to thank terps for coming on again as always you can find me on instagram at focus seeds Check out my website, focusseeds.com, or send me an email, focusseeds at protonmail.com. Focus is spelled P-H-O-C-A-S. Happy growing. Happy growing.